Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Speaking in tongues is God's gift. It's not a man's idea to pray in tongues, but it's God's idea. So it's necessary that we engage in praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, Mark chapter 16, I believe. I think Mark chapter 16 says, These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. And then it goes on to say that they will speak with new tongues. So, um, Speaking with new tongues or speaking in tongues is what follows the one who believes. If, you're, if you believe, then you are in Christ. If you are born again, you are in Christ, you believe. But speaking in tongues follows that. So it's important that we understand the need to pray in the Holy Spirit every given day, every time, as frequent as possible. In all manner of prayer, it's important that we engage in um, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, we started by saying on Sunday evening, the number one, that the believer is built up when he prays in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, and Jude 20. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. Number one, the, the believer is built up. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. What's the meaning of the word edify? The meaning of the word edify means to build, right? So when you pray in a tongue, you edify yourself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Meaning that if you stand in front of the church and you begin to, make, you begin to give words of prophecy, that blesses the church. But when you, when you speak in tongue... Most especially the, the devotional tongue. The devotional tongue edifies the believer. Right? But there is a kind of tongue with a combination of another gift of the Spirit that equals prophecy. Right? That is the one that comes to the body of Christ. So when you speak in tongues to the church, it makes sense that there is interpretation of that tongue. So the interpretation of that tongue is the same thing as prophecies. So when you read down, you see where Paul begins to say that I prefer that you prophesy than you pray in tongues. So it's important that you see how Paul distinguishes the different, I mean he distinguishes between prophecy and um, praying in tongues. But when we talk about praying in tongues, don't get confused about praying in tongues as regarding speaking in tongues to the church. But there is a speaking in tongues to the church and speaking in, the, in tongues for your personal edification. So the one I'm talking about this evening is the one that has to do with um, your personal edification. Amen. If you've read um, um, Reverend Joshua Tende's book on tongues, I think we, we have, do we still have a copy outside? We still do. So if you if you check, you should buy it. It's, it's, it's a good book. I've read it. It's a powerful book. It distinguishes between uh, the devotional tongue and tongue for the body. 
So what we're talking about today is the the devotional tongue. Amen. So the Bible says here that um, okay, back to to First Corinthians fourteen verse four, the one before the previous verse. It says, "He who speaks speaks in a tongue edifies himself." So when you do that, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. You you like like Jude talks about rising like an edifice, right? So you you. Um, let me put this on the background of what I said on Sunday as well. When I said, um, how many times do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Because there's a conversation of getting born again and then being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that before? So the question now is, how many times do you get baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do you get baptized with the Holy Spirit once? Or do you get baptized with the Holy Spirit more than once? So I ask that question, you know. So, so if you get born again once, should you get baptized in the Holy Spirit more than once? Yeah, so um, if you read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, wherein is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the word be filled there speaks of continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit suggests that it is a regular thing that happens to the believer. So um, do you charge your phone once or you charge your phone as you need to charge your phone? Yeah, so you charge your phone as you use your phone. And that's the same way it is with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That you are filled constantly, right, um, with the Holy Spirit. And that moves you to, to, it can outflow as a tongue or it can outflow as an emotion. Like the early church, uh, when they had been baptized the first time, there was persecution over the church. And the next thing that happened is every, every believer went into hiding. But the moment they went to um, a room to pray, the Bible speaks of the fact that they became filled again with the Spirit and then boldness was upon the church. So at this point, it wasn't necessarily speaking in tongues that was the outflow of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but it was, it was the emotion of boldness and courage. So for the believer, he has to be, she has to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit every time. As you get filled today, you get filled tomorrow. As you get filled tomorrow, you get filled next tomorrow. That's the way it goes. Just like you don't, take, you, don't, you don't breathe in air cosmically. And you breathe in air once, and that breathing of air once is enough for the rest of your life. How many of you are surviving on the one-time oxygen you took from the day you were born? Or do you have to breathe in and out every now and then? Exactly. So, if that's the case, then it also means that you have to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. So tell your neighbor, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Alright, let's see Jude 20. Jude 20. Yeah, it says, and, and, okay. Yeah, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You're not building your most holy faith. 
You're building yourselves on your most holy faith. Do you understand that? So, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, the one who doesn't pray in the Holy Spirit, you have, you have, you have subjected yourself to what could have been an advantage to you. Right? So, if you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, you have limited your growth expression. And that's why it's important that every believer must pray in the Holy Spirit. Should. I mustn't say the word must, but should pray in the Holy Spirit. So tell your neighbor, pray in the Holy Spirit all the time. Okay, so, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Alright, then number two we said that it eliminates selfishness in your prayer. When you pray in tongues, you don't pray with the biases of the mind. You pray um, with direct link to his will. So, uh, uh, praying in tongues eliminates um, our selfish desires. Because sometimes selfishness can... Selfishness or carnality can have a spiritual outlook. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, um, selfishness and, and carnality can have a moral packaging. Can have um, what makes sense. It can have a, a sense of dignity to it. But it, is, it can be selfish... As you juxtapose it with God's will. Yeah, so praying in the Holy Spirit eliminates selfishness in our prayers. So it's good to pray with the understanding, but it is better to actually pray in tongues and in the Spirit. I'll put it this way that praying in the Spirit is not only praying in tongues, but praying in the Spirit is praying as the Spirit leads you to pray. One of the ways the Spirit leads you to pray will be with inspiration and utterances to pray where he fixes phrases and words and ideas in your spirit to pray about them as you pray. Now, this is different from when you bring your prayer points or petition to God. But praying in the Spirit can also be that you are praying in tongues or you are praying um, in an unknown tongue and your mind is unfruitful. Amen. So... Um, Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The number two we said that it eliminates what? Selfishness. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. I'm just doing, I'm redoing this actually for those of you who were not here on Sunday evening. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So, the Bible is clear about the fact that sometimes you are, in, you are in confusion about how to pray what you want to pray about. So, you, you, so, the best thing to do when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it eliminates all the mental processes and blocks that could be there that stands between you praying perfectly in God's will and um, uh, uh, um, being in line with His desires for you. Yeah, because if you, if you sometimes analyze situations, you, you're probably analyzing situations from your own standpoint. 
not from the full picture to which God wants you to pray about something, right? Or for which God wants to achieve in your life. So that's why for the believer, praying in the Holy Spirit is good. Once you might be saying, God, I want the job. God might be saying, no, I want you to stay and wait on me until something is birthed in you or from you. So whilst you might be saying, God, I want so it, it could be anything logical. It could be anything. Why, whilst you could be saying, I want to go left, God is saying, I want you to go right. Right? So, so, so for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, the Spirit is praying for you when you pray in the Spirit, you would likely pray what the Spirit will be praying for you about. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Okay, so, so I think we're clear on that. Then number three. Number three, we magnify God when we pray in tongues. Acts chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Acts chapter 10 verse 44 to 46. Acts chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46. We magnify God when we pray in tongues. Um, you know, when you pray in your understanding and you begin to say stuff like, Lord, we magnify you, we bless you, we exalt your name, we, we macrograph you. <laughs> um, Why should I want to exalt God, magnify God in your understanding? Uh, praying in tongues actually does that better than your understanding. Yeah. So, praying in tongues is a complex of many things at the same time. That as you're praying in tongues, you're both magnifying God, you're both praying in His will, you're both establishing His counsel for you, you're both eliminating selfishness in your prayer. How better way is there to pray? Are you still here? So, it's important that we understand praying in tongues and its benefits. Because when the believer learns how to pray in tongues consistently and frequently, it makes you pray more accurately than ever before. Okay, so it says, verse 46, Acts chapter 10, it says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Are you seeing that? And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And, and then Peter answered them. So let's see the next one, the other one. Um, Acts 10 verse... Okay, are we, are we done with that? Acts 2, 9 to 11. Acts 2, verse 9 to 11. We hear them speaking in our own tongues... The wonderful works of God. Now, when these guys were praying in tongues, they didn't know they were speaking somebody else's language. Right? But what they were doing is praying in tongues was translating into a natural language, but sub-translation into magnifying God. So they were praying in tongues, but to show that this was a sign from God it had to be something the people around could understand. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So why is the praying in tongues? Uh, the, the, because the people who were listening to them pray in tongues or in an unknown language after the Pentecost, 
it would only make sense to them if they heard or could understand what they were saying. There's been many manifestations of this. Uh, there was a lady who was uh, speaking in tongues one day, and she was actually speaking the dialect of a guy who was sitting beside her. And in that dialect, God was talking to the guy, calling his name, family members, and telling him the situation he was addressing currently. And the girl who was praying in tongues, somehow she was just praying without even knowing she was audible, or she, she was heard. And while she was praying, somebody could hear what she was saying. Yeah, so God can do that sometimes, that the translation of that tongue will be to the understanding of someone else, or maybe not. But however way you magnify God, you exalt God, praise God. So it's important that we understand praying in tongues. Then what's the, what's the other one? Um, we give thanks well, number four. We said we give thanks well. When we pray in tongues, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 17. It says, For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Let's start from the, next, the, the previous verse. Let's start from the previous verse. Now, otherwise, if you bless with... Okay, yeah, start from verse 15. That's fine. Uh, verse 15 says... What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. Can you say with me, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I, I made it very clear on Sunday that the word will is very important when we talk about praying in tongues. Uh, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. Which one comes first? Spirit or understanding? So, I will pray with the Spirit is the first and best way to pray. And then the next thing it goes on to say is, I will also pray. So, the also is the one that has the understanding. Praying in tongues is not the also. The also is the one with understanding. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So, the primary and best way to pray for the believer is in in the spirit. Paul says something that I pray in tongues more than all of you. So that means he prayed more in tongues than he probably even prayed in his understanding. So he says uh, I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with, with the understanding. I've dealt with the also part. But the will there speaks of the fact that you make the decision to pray in the spirit. You don't pray in the spirit because it falls on you. There is also that, but there is also that you should and likely will have to choose to initiate praying in the Spirit. Just like you sit down and you pray in the understanding, it, that's the same way it is when you sit down and decide to pray in the Spirit. Some people are just waiting for a funny feeling to pray in the Holy Spirit. The feeling of like something just came on you, like an unction. Prayers until you feel the unction. Don't wait for the unction to start and kick start you. It says, I will. So there is the engagement of will. Are, are you still here? There is the engagement of the will to pray in the spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. How many of you do this? I will sing with the spirit and I will what? I will also sing with the understanding. Look. Let us begin to build ourselves in the lines of spiritual development that we know how to speak, pray in the Spirit, and we also know how to sing in the Spirit. 
Glory to God. Because when you do this, you convey your spirit through emotions and you express the... Oh, Spirit of God, help me. You express the actual emotion that you feel when you sing in the spirit. The Bible says, let him who is burdened pray and let him who is merry sing. Do you know you are always in joy? Now, let, let's just do, let's just break it down. Do you know you are always in joy? But you may not be rejoicing all the time. But your spirit is always in joy. Do you know that you are always in the spirit? But you may not always be walking in the spirit. So, if you are always in joy, but seem not to always be rejoicing, what you do is learn how to sing in the spirit, because you will bring the merriness out. So, Begin to practice your spiritual blessings and spiritual diversities as regarding prayers. Very important. Very, very key. I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. And, uh, and I will also sing with the understanding. Yeah, next verse. Thank you. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen now this is what i was talking about when he speaks of uh, praying in tongues for the church this is not a devotional tongue because a lot of people confuse devotional and tongues for the church he says how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks meaning that when you pray in the spirit and you are speaking to the church you are actually giving thanks but they don't know when to say amen do you understand what i'm saying since he doesn't understand what you say. Next verse. For you indeed give thanks well. So he's confirming that actually when you pray in tongues, but the church doesn't know when to say amen, it doesn't take away the fact that you are actually giving thanks well. You even give thanks better and well than when you pray with the understanding. Are you still here? Okay, so but the other is not edified. Meaning we can't all give thanks together. That's what he's saying. So he now goes on to probably establish, uh, uh, okay, Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. I mean, for him to be in this place of certainty, it means that almost all through the day he's probably praying in tongues. Amen. And you know, I said to you on, on Sunday, for those of you who are here, that praying in tongues is, is not as stressful as your mental block says it is. Because you picture someone praying in tongues and sweating. And, and that's the problem. <laughs> praying in tongues doesn't have to go with shouting all the time. You can pray in tongues and be talking with somebody. You can pray in tongues and be in the bank. You can pray in tongues and be writing your exams. And you are still thinking at the same because you're not using your mind. You can use your mind for other things and you can use your mouth. Whoosh. I remember one, I remember one time I was talking about um, not, not mouth-to-ear hearing, but mouth-to-mouth -mouth hearing. Do you remember? Where I said, you don't just hear with your ears, you can hear with your mouth. The Spirit of God can put a word in your spirit, right? And you can hear something without you talking, but... There are times where you can be talking 
And as you are talking, you are hearing. Okay, that happens to me a lot of times. While I'm preaching, I hear what to say. As I'm talking, the gift of, the gift of prophecy, utterance, begins to fill my mouth. So when the Bible says, open your mouth, and I will feel it, he's saying that when you open your mouth to speak, your mouth will hear what to say. Yeah. So, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. So praying in tongues, this... Is the same thing as is the same. It's the same. One has shout. The other one does not have shout. But the efficacy is the same. So there is nothing stress about praying in tongues. The only opposition is the devil to stop you from praying. And he will use sweat picture in your head. <laughs> the picture of sweat in your head. He will use the picture of environment that you have to somebody else you have to say, Pastor Victor. Let's pull down. No, no. No, no. You, 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 it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to with face cap. With, do you understand? You know, I have a problem with people who are too religious in their minds. You say, Pastor, how, do you, how, do, how are you in church with cap and you are preaching? I'm like, oh, you are in church with cap. You are in church with cap. Or the church is wearing cap. I need to, at what point was I unchurched? That I got here and I became churched. I was, no, I was in Nikon Luxury wearing cap. <laughs> but you know, for the sake of people who don't understand, sometimes I just take it off. Especially when we have mixed crowd. I got into a church one day, big church. And then one usher said, Excuse me, sir. <laughs> you know, when they're trying to be polite, they have to stammer a bit. Excuse me. <laughs> Can you please just take off your cup? So I saw the lady was a bit friendly, and I wanted to just engage and shake her up a bit. And I'm like, why? Yeah, I just asked her. I'm like, why? She had no answer for why she was asking me to take my cup off. But the only answer is that you are in the house of the Lord. Then I looked at the walls. And I looked at my body. Which one is the house of the Lord? <laughs> Which one is the house of the Lord? So it means when I'm in the house and I'm with my face cap, it's okay to pray. Brah. Makes no sense, you know. So, remove all the veils. Remove all the ideas of the barriers that come with praying in tongues. You know, there's another barrier that comes with praying in tongues. Mood. You have to feel a certain way. That is, you have to... That is, you, you can't be joking and praying in tongues. They don't go together. You have cheated yourself. You can be laughing, you can be watching football. Hey! go and switch immediately back into tongues. As they are making your hair, the tiny, tiny braids that would take about 12 hours. <laughs> Whilst you and the lady who is making your hair are gisting and talking, you, you can be muttering and laughing and muttering and speaking and, and it is still effective. You can be watching series 
So, so don't let religion, are you following what I'm saying? Don't let religion stop you from, yeah, because a lot of you just compartmentalize life. It's time to watch series. <laughs> it's time for money heist. It's time for designated survival. Game of Thrones, no, Game of Thrones has passed. Ah, but Game of Thrones time, Sha. 2 a.m. I was up. <laughs> two every, was it 2 a.m. or 4? 2 a.m. My consciousness was right. 2 a.m. I was up. And I was not less spiritual. No, how can now? Because there's a big problem in the body of Christ. The fact that God only speaks by 2 a.m. There's something wrong with that. Is the only night God speaks? The God of 2 a.m. You know when... when <laughs> You've not even realized that 2 a.m. here is afternoon somewhere else. <laughs> so what are you saying? That, that God has to wait 2 a.m. to now speak to you. I, yeah, because early in the morning brings a seriousness with it. The Lord spoke to me 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so it doesn't begin there. 12 p.m. It doesn't speak. Why you are eating? It can't speak. The sun is too hot for the voice. <laughs> for the voice to come. There's a problem with that. Am I saying God can't speak 2 a.m.? How can? He speaks anytime. Oh my God. So remove all the barriers to speaking in tongues. T.S.P., you hear what I'm saying? As you are gisting with your friend, hey, how far now? A day, man. Good, good, good. Maybe he's talking to somebody. Yeah, I mean, it happens. And you won't be weird to you. I had to add that because, because if you are weird to somebody else, that's fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. If you are weird and, and somebody is asking you, so what are you always saying? That's, your mouth is always moving. It's not I just like to talk. I like to talk to myself. Then somebody who shares your persuasion or your understanding, I like to pray in the spirit that way. Do you understand? So there is nothing, there is no barrier. So, so do we understand what I mean by removing all the moves, all the barriers to praying in tongues? You know? Yeah. In fact, learn to use good to overcome evil. Can I say that again? Learn to use what? Good to overcome evil. Oga, you the grace. You are driving. Somebody insults you. Oga, you the grace. You to you, somehow, something, you, you kind of responded. You might you the grace. Right? And then you now think about it. I shouldn't have done that. Go into tongues immediately. Go into tongues immediately. They just separated two people who were fighting. That is one the shed has stormed. He's still fuming. You can still go into tongues. It's fine, no problem. It's fine. It's fine. But but do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you to see that there is no barrier when it comes to praying in tongues. There's no barrier. Because of what you did. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than 
you all. So please, whilst you're doing anything, whilst you're playing soccer in the pitch, you know, I go break your leg now. But remember, okay, I shouldn't have said that. You can mutter tongues immediately. Amen? In the Babylon Saloon, watching your movie, doing anything, going to tongues. So what's the next one for those of you who are here on Sunday evening? Number five, we said our spirit prays when you pray in tongues. Our spirit prays. Ephesians chapter 1 verse, no sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14. Our spirit prays. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, okay, let's see this. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Next verse. Uh, for what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So I want you to understand that there are things embedded in your spirit that God has given to you, um, but you can't come to know them if you're... Now, hear this. Your spirit is what is housing those things. If your spirit is praying, your spirit begins to express what it houses. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, Your mind houses ideas and concept when you talk about it when you speak it uh, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speak it do you get that principle at work so out of the abundance of out of what your heart is full of your mouth speaks it's important that speaking the principle of speaking is the vehicle to actualizing what is always inside whether it is from the heart, whether it's from the mind, or whether it's from the spirit. So whenever you say what whenever you say your mind, you see your mind. Whenever you talk your mind, you will see your mind. So your life would ultimately move in the direction of your mouth. Yeah, so it's important to always speak. But how do you speak what you don't understand your spirit is housing? That's why it's important that your spirit prays. There's a song called uh, by um, Elijah. Elijah, he sang that song, Spirit Praise. Right? So, when your spirit is praying, you are, you are praying, you are praying from a container that is housing the gifts and the mysteries of God. Things that you don't know about. Things that you are unaware of. So, when your spirit prays, you are releasing mysteries, you are releasing power, and you have no idea of it. All right? But God's spirit, which is of God, that searches the heart, knows what the mind of God is, and that we might know the things. Now, see the word here, know. This is an intellectual word. But when you pray in the spirit, you will come to know. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is going to be a communication between head and spirit. But the only way you can have frequent communication between head and spirit is when you speak and allow your spirit to speak or your your spirit to pray. 
So at that point, words will begin to drop in your head, in your mind. Glory to God. And that's why I said, like, like I said on uh, uh, um, Sunday evening, it's important that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, watch out for the things that you hear. Put them down. Because those could be mysteries from a different realm. Now, every thought is a... Thoughts are words that have traveled from a different realm into your, your mind. That's what the thought is. So you have to pay attention to those thoughts, to those ideas, and to those things that God is leading you to do. Praise God. So what's the other verse that we... 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. What does it say? For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Somebody say, my spirit prays. Are you, are you guys all seeing this? If I pray in what? In a tongue. Say after me, my spirit prays. Say it again, my spirit prays. But my understanding is what? Unfruitful. So there is the pressure of always trying to know what you are saying. Does it make sense? What is shalabalabahashata? What is it? You've gone past that stage now. Because nothing makes sense in the spirit. Being born again doesn't make sense. What is in you? I can speak anatomically, right? I know the structures in your mediastinum, in your thorax, in your abdomen. That's what is in you. Heart, lungs, spleen, different organs, blood vessels, right? The, the aorta, the stomach, the large intestine, the small intestine, right? So where is the, where is the Holy Spirit? <laughs> he lives in me. Where in you? <laughs> He's in my heart. I know what's in your heart. It's made up of four compartments, right? The left atrium, the right atrium, left ventricle, left ventricle. Where in, where in, where is your spirit? Where? Is your spirit? Where does God? Is in your your mind? Your his brain that is there. There are neurons there. Do you understand? There are blood vessels there. So where is God in you? Oh, people. <laughs> If not that TSC members were born again, were miscreants. There are a lot of miscreants in this church. A lot of miscreants. But do you understand what I'm saying? There is nothing that makes sense. Scientists try to downplay the power of God by. So scientists don't like the word predestined, they don't like the word destiny. So they would rather use fate. Yeah, so anything predestined, that the idea of predestination or destiny is not accepted by most scientists or the new age. Because if there is a destiny, there has to be the one who presets the destiny. So, Darwin just woke up one morning and spoke about a Big Bang theory that makes absolutely no sense. That you, I mean, I did 
I did um, anatomy and why would dissected a proper human being's body, a dead person's body, and I saw all the structures. I'm like, so how, the bank of cells is what brought about this. The bank of cells is what brought about all the, all the gifts, the treasures that are embedded under the earth. Bank of theory. Why is it that there's no another bank? Are you following? It makes absolutely no sense. So, it, 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 they erase the idea of a creator. That the one who is created is coming from an explosion of gases. What an insult to the fact that God created. Absolutely makes no sense. So, God in the first place doesn't make sense to people who want to think. Heaven doesn't make sense to people who want to think. The Holy Spirit, have you seen the Holy Spirit before? Are you, wait, let, can I ask you a real question? Are you born again because you are born into a holy home? Do you really believe what you are professing? No, you need to ask yourself because sometimes we might be caught up in a tradition and not realize that we are only doing this thing because we are used to it, not because we believe. So you have to be sure that you believe for yourself. Okay? So, there is nothing that Jesus makes sense to you, really? Have you seen him before? But it makes sense to the one who is spiritual. The Bible says that after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, when he says that, he says that because you will... Ah, it, it, being a witness of him takes you back to the experience of the cross. As if to say you were there. So, we've got to ask ourselves a lot of questions. So, if praying in tongues is one of those spiritual things or diversities that doesn't make sense, my dear, as you have believed in Jesus, believe in praying in tongues. That even when you speak, when you, when you speak uh, 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 in the Spirit and your understanding is unfruitful, you have to trust it. That, Pastor, I, my tongue is sounding like Sister Jane's tongue. Leave it. Just, just do you understand? Just be pray your own. You know, there's somebody's barrier to praying in tongues, and should I tell you what it is? I don't want to pray in tongues because somebody taught me how to. When you could have just opened your mouth to speak. I don't want to pray in tongues and it sounds like something I've heard before. You know, see, all those years you've cheated yourself. Right? The day you eventually start praying in tongues, it will now sound like that. You will now find out that you've been wasting your time. Ah, the, the ah, shalaba, ah, ah, that ah, is in almost everybody's tongue here. No, let's break it down. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Ah, say that, ah, shonda, ah, da, ah. Now I'm for you. My dear, my brother, just pray. Just pray. Whether it sounds like somebody, so your own is, ah, ah, be, be doing that. You will graduate from ah, ah, ah to something else. Don't put barriers to praying in tongues. 
Because your head should not, your head will not know what you're saying. Many Christian denominations don't know this. So that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were clothing tongues of fire. Where's my own clothing tongue? I don't want to go into theology with you. I don't have to. I don't have to. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. And they will speak with new tongues. Right? Alright, let's keep going. Number six, we said, we speak mysteries when we pray in tongues. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Right? It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. Somebody say with me, no one understands him. Most times, he doesn't even understand him. Right? Uh, for no one understands him. However, the Spirit, however, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Can we use another version? Let's use the Amplified Version. Let's see what it says. Uh, uh, the Amplified Version. This is for one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. Because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So you are speaking mysteries when you pray in tongues. Do you understand? And mysteries are hidden things, are hidden secrets, things that are packaged uh, in God's will for your life. So that's why you must pray in tongues. That's why you should pray in tongues. Because these are mysteries. These are things that are hidden. I mean, um, the devil has knowledge of scripture, but doesn't have knowledge of mysteries. What I said is very deep. I mean, one of the things about the devil is that he understands the protocol of God. Because devil was not, he didn't start out as being devil. He was Lucifer. Who was an anointed cherub that covered. That's Lucifer. So, he understood the protocol, the idea of heaven to the point where he, if he's going to get anybody, for him to even accuse you in the first place, he has to know what the law says. To be able to accuse. So when scripture says that the accuser of our brethren has been cast down, and they're talking about Lucifer, the accuser of the brethren, who are the brethren before Adam was made? Another question, no? Because when you read that scripture in Revelation chapter 12, you think that the brethren there is talking about you. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. At the time before Adam came, when he was cast down, who were the brethren? (laughs) 
But you see, God's love and benevolence will extend his kindness to even his creatures that he will call angels sons of God. Do you understand? So, Satan is very, he's very aware of the law. Very aware of scripture. But he has no, he can't know a mystery. That even when it was publicly said that a Messiah will come and deliver Israel and the sin of the whole world will be put on him, he didn't catch it. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, didn't, he, he could not, that's why he could not, that is even if he tried to understand it, he could not understand it. That in the dying of Jesus, are you getting my point? So, so there, there are many conflicts now. There are many conflicts now, many ideas, many perspectives, many... So, did Satan want Jesus dead? Or did Satan hinder Jesus from dying? I don't know why I'm going into this. Why are you guys thinking with me? Did, did Satan want Jesus dead? Or did he hinder Jesus from dying? Because when Peter came to meet Jesus... And said, you're not going to die. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Or, is this Satan? For if they had known, they would not have crucified. But in the actual sense, the they there, for if they had known, was talking about the princes. So, it was actually talking about the rulers. People like Pilate. People like, do you understand what I'm saying? But, do you want to really stay? So, what do you really want to stay with? The point is that Jesus, regardless of what Satan knew, was able to still defeat Satan, regardless of what he knew. Because Satan can have knowledge of a thing, but not have a mystery of the thing he knows. Do you understand it? So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray mysteries. Say, I don't want to talk him, because if I talk him, the devil will go here, he will stop me. Look, when you are praying, you are praying mysteries that he knows this is where you say you are going, but he doesn't know how you will get there. So that's why when you pray in tongues, you speak mysteries. You are speaking in codes that the devil doesn't have. Glory to God. It's not obvious to the understanding. And you know, you can't judge a spiritual man. The Bible says, he who is spiritual judges all things. But he who is not spiritual, right, is judged of the one who is spiritual. But the one that is spiritual can be judged of no one. Then number, number what now? Number seven. We withstand satanic attacks when you pray in tongues. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 18. You withstand satanic attacks when you pray in the Holy Spirit. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What's the next verse? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See, Everything that we're talking about is spiritual. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Your fight is not your brother. Husband, wife, your fight is not your wife. Your fight is not your husband. 
Your fight is not your child. Your fight is not your mom. Your fight is not your dad. Your fight is not your friend. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It says, therefore take up the whole armor of God. What is it called? The armor of who? Is it your armor? Whose armor is it? Okay, let's analyze the armor. Yeah? That you may be able to withstand, the evil, uh, withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. So, he's saying put on the armor so you stand. He's not saying put on the armor to fight. Hmm? He's saying put on the armor to what? Stand. Why does he say put on the armor to stand? Because the fight has been fought. You are not the one doing the fight. You are only standing on the result of the fight. That's why you wear armor. Two people fought. Jesus, Satan. The way Jesus finished Satan. Eh? You know, he defeated Satan on all grounds. He defeated Satan in heaven. Huh? Satan was already defeated in heaven. There was war in heaven, right? And he did not prevail. Then even here on earth, he defeated Satan. Then because the anger of God was on Satan, I mean on Jesus, the judgment of God was on Jesus while he was on the cross. Where Jesus cried, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's because the venom of judgment was on Jesus at the time. He was taking the sin of the whole world. So because of that, he has to, by protocol, drag Satan to Hades. Because the question is, it was on the cross that he overcame the devil. Right? He spoiled principalities and powers and made a public, and made a public show of them uh, and all the ordinances that were written against you. He nailed it to the cross. So on cross, he defeated the enemy. But how did he now defeat Satan below the cross, which is under the earth? It was when he went to Hades after he died that he had to, because of the protocol of judgment, that the one who is sin or who has sinned will go to hell. So he now becoming sin for you went to hell by protocol with somebody leading him not knowing he was going to lead Jesus to his own downfall. Do you understand? So when he was there with naked, that is, there is no place. Satan has few places where he shows his head high up. And he moves about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Because even in hell, he's not recognized anymore. Where he's going. There's no levels for the devil again. No reputation for him again. So, this armor is the armor of God. It says, therefore, no, have we, have we, yeah. All oh, right, 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 right. Verse 14. Stand there for having guarded your ways with truth. Is it your truth? So I'm trying to let you know that the armor of God, right, has nothing to do with you, right? It's not you. The armor of God is not you. We've done this before. We've done this course before. We've done this teaching before, right? There is nothing about the armor of God that is your own. The belt of truth is not your truth. I, I always say the truth, and that's why I see. <laughs> you, you don't even understand. You think it's. No, 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 no. It's not your truth. It is his truth. Let me break that down for those of you who are not here. The truth is the word of God, right? 
For I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I've explained that scripture to you. When Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he was speaking in the times of Bible days, in the times of the Jews, they understood the meaning of I am the way, the truth, and the life. We don't. Because if you see the temple, the temple had the outer court, the inner court, and then the holies of holies. What brings you into the outer court? The gate. What brings you into the, uh, the inner court? A door. What takes you into the holies of holies? The veil. Right? So when Jesus shouted or said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he meant to say that everything in the temple he was. Because the gate that brought you into the outer court was called the way. The door that brought you into the inner court was called the truth. The veil is actually called the life. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father. How do you come to the Father? In the holies of holies now. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying that it is, coming into the holies of holies is not by coming through physical doors. He said, I am. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then it is by me you come to the Father. So people wanted to stone him saying, why are you saying that you are the one who brings access? You are the access to the Father. But he really was. So what I'm trying to let you understand is that every armor that the Bible speaks about is talking about Jesus. The truth. He's the truth. What again? The breastplate of righteousness. Is it your righteousness you have to put on? Now hear this. You are made the righteousness of God, but you have to put on breastplate. Now, the weapons are your consciousness of who you are. Wow! That's powerful. The weapons are your consciousness of who you are. So if you say you have girded your waist with truth, you are indirectly saying, I am conscious of truth. Not my truth, but the truth of God's word. So I had a dream, uh, but the people, they pursued me for my dream. Blah, 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 something has happened. What is the truth? So if you stand by that truth, that is your weapon. You have guided yourself. It's not by saying the truth. People, do you understand? Because it's not telling lies that takes you to hell. No, 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 no. It's being in Christ that takes you to heaven. It's being in Adam that takes you to hell. So you can be a sinner, not because you sinned, but you are a sinner. Because somebody threw dices, right? So you are a sinner because Adam sinned. According to Romans chapter 5 verse 17. You are a sinner because somebody else is sinned. You, you may not use your sinnerhood, but it's still hell. <laughs> the person is going. So saying the truth, are you getting what I'm saying? Saying the truth is not, is not no, no. It's saying his truth. Say what he has said. That's confession. Confession does not bring the newness of idea to your spirit. Confession is repeating what has been said. Homologio. Isn't it? Homologio. Saying the same thing that he has said. Uh, let's keep moving. Keep moving. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, is the gospel your gospel? Is the, that, no, do you understand what I'm saying? Is the gospel, the message of your sins are forgiven? Is it your blood? <laughs> is it your blood? Is it you who died? You didn't die. You are only sent to say what somebody else did for us. The breastplate is not your own. 
So when you wear the armor of God, who do you look like? How can you look like you when you put on armor? Spartans! One chest is like Pastor Chibuza's whole body. <laughs> One chest of the Spartans. They grow, they train them from the age of 14. Right? How did they die? Arrow. So the Roman soldiers are wiser than Spartans. So what did they do? They formed breastplates that have chest. Did you catch it? They formed breastplates that have chest. So they wear armor. But there's a mode of chest with six pack. But inside it can be one pack. But it's fine. There's no problem. Do you understand? It's not, it's not even a problem. Just wear armor. So you see somebody bouncing, bouncing to the war front. And the guy has, the guy looks like a terrific soldier. If you remove that armor, you can see amusement park. <laughs> Do you understand? You look like him when you take his consciousness. Do you understand? So the, 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 and, and keep moving, keep moving. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Is it your faith? It's not, your, it's not you who believed. Galatians 2.22. Put it there. Let's, let's see. Oh, let's start from Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. We're still talking about tongues. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. No, this is New King James. Is off the Son of God. Use the King James, original King James. I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, you have faith because somebody had faith. Do you understand it? Yeah. So let's keep going. Ephesians, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Ephesians, back. All right. Now move, move on to the, the, the next verse. Praying, now this is one of the Amos. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now it is important that when you pray in tongues, you must realize that praying in tongues puts the check satanic attacks over your life. You know we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil. So we can't act like Satan is not there. And sometimes when you're praying against devices and against his legal system or against his cunning craftiness, you, you may not really understand what to say. But when you pray in tongues, you know how to checkmate. Yeah, because, see, to be honest, if you're going to get peace in your life, confess God's word and deal with Satan. That's how peace comes. Romans chapter 16, that the God of peace will crush Satan shortly under your feet. He calls him the God of peace, not by bringing peace, but by crushing Satan. The how peace is established is by crushing the devil. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? This concludes this message. 
Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.